before we begin this podcast, I would like to acknowledge that I'm recording on the stolen and unceded Gadigal lands here in Sydney. Welcome back to That's Hot, the podcast helping you get even hotter than you already are by giving you all the information you need to help the world get cooler. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Tegan. Welcome back. How are you? It's exciting. We have a great episode today. We are talking all things COP27. Yes. If you know what that means, get ready for more detail. If you've never heard what that means, like yes. that word before, don't worry. We got you covered. We got yeah. all the details, all the juicy goss. It is actually kind of juicy. Some of it, it is. It um, is. But speaking of juicy goss, what's been <laughs> happening in your life? Um, so my life, I just binge watched um the new Down to Earth with Zac Efron uh series. Have you ever watched it before? I have not, but I've heard mixed reviews from That's like so... climate people. Yeah, it's so interesting. I like as far as like a climate change sustainability show, like. I mean, it's it's not necessarily meant for that audience. Like, it's more, mm. it's a travel show. It is like, it's based around being a travel show. And I think that they just accidentally fell into this idea of like, oh, we need to talk about like climate change in that. It's, it's like the yeah. weirdest balance. But the new season is completely in Australia. So Zac Efron filmed it while he was stuck here, you know, like dating people in Byron Bay. Um, but... I just thought it was incredible. Like, it's so nice to see Australia um, on a show in general, but on a show like that. And I think that it was really interesting to see how they incorporated um, Indigenous culture into the TV show. There was one episode that was completely dedicated to um, Aboriginal people and uh, learning from them. And it was just, it was incredible. I just, I really, really enjoyed it. I recommend everyone watch it. Hmm. Was it a Tourism Australia ad in disguise? No, and there wasn't even any like subtle Tourism Australia like advertising. Uh. But I will say that this, the sponsor of the show, like you only need to watch one episode to figure out who it is. And I, uh. hate, I hate when they put advertising <laughs> like that. But I guess you got to do what you got to do the on those two girls shows. that work in advertising. <laughs> we both hate advertising. So yeah, exactly. Kidding, we love it. If anyone wants to sponsor the, this podcast, we love advertising. <laughs> um, but yes, that's my me. Mom, just... My mum and the other three people that listen. Um, yeah, will, exactly. You know, yeah. Be here for your products. Can be uh, <laughs> um, my, yes, I just binge watching TV. What about you? I am... I've also been binge watching TV um, oh. is my exciting. Yeah. Um, I've started, I'm rewatching Bridgerton for about the fourth time um, because like, my housemates hadn't seen it. And I was like, fine, twist my arm. I'll watch it again. You know, from the beginning or like a specific. Yeah. Okay. We've got it's just a specific scene. Is that like, what you're no, what specific? Se- like what is there two seasons now? There's two seasons. Okay. Yeah. No, they hadn't seen any. So I went back to season one. Yeah. Um, it's just, I don't know if it's my favorite show, but it's just, it's, it's really a bit pleasant. of a comfort show, isn't it? Like it is it's a just comfort easy show. watch. It's just sort of. I mean, I love a period drama. I just love anything with hot people. Oh. It was great. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so, easy, yeah. easy done. Tick, lots tick. going, lots going on in our lives, um, which we <laughs> we're very exciting, aren't we? <laughs> anyway, the climate today yeah. we are talking about all things COP twenty seven. Yes, which is a major climate summit that's just finished up um, over in Egypt. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's so hot. So we're going to start off with a little pop quiz. Yes. Tegan, what does COP stand for? Co- 
COP stands for climate of the parties. Is that right? Conference. 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 Sorry, I don't know why I said climate. Conference of you the parties. See, yeah. climate cool. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it so does. Conference of the party. Yeah. And the number next to it is just which one they're up to. So we are yes. to the 27th COP. Which, like, it's a little bit concerning, isn't it? You think they're going to mm. be up in by meeting 27? But anyways. Okay, this one's relevant to this COP. Yes. How many fossil fuel lobbyists were granted access to the COP27 talks? Oh, I know it was a lot. Um, that is sickening, isn't it? It's like 500 or, or so. Is it? It's yeah, like 600. Oh. 600. Oh. You know, do you know how many people in total went to COP? Like no, what my research did not exist. That's a good question, though. I will look that it's up fine. for you. Well, you know what um, we're doing? This is going to probably be a two-part episode. So yeah. maybe part two, I'll come back to you with that stat. We'll, um, yeah. we'll get that done. Yeah, we'll put a pin in that one for then. Yeah. Cool. And yeah. out of the 64 countries ranked in the most recent Climate Change Performance Index, yeah. which was just released at the same time Ooh. as this COP was being held, where yep. does Australia rank? So out of 64, where are we? Give me a number. In terms of, like, our commitment to climate action? So, like, one is really good at climate action. 64 yeah. is, like, the worst. Where do you reckon we are? And this is, like, I mean, it's, like, big countries, but it's, like, a lot of countries, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to say we're, like, pretty close to the bottom. Uh, <laughs> maybe, like, honestly, number 60. 58. Pretty Ooh. damn good, Yeah. <laughs> It's oh, not great. It's not it's great not. at all. That is sickening. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. So wow. we'll dig into all of this in a second, but I yes. thought we'd start by going back and going through a quick history of the okay. cops. Um, just so we kind of have an idea of what they are, how we got here, all the drama yeah. that's led us up to COP27. Exactly. Love that. Spill it. So basically, COPS started, well, they didn't actually start, but the whole idea goes back to the Rio Earth Summit, which was held in 1992. Mm -hmm. And at this summit, leaders from around the world established what's called the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, which is okay. a long thing, gets shortened down to UNFCC. There's and always long thing. Of, it's always long, isn't it? It's always long and it's always, like, you think it's going to be an interesting acronym. You're like, oh, see, COP, what could COP be? Conference yeah. of the Parties. I you know, know, it's like the one that I learned recently is the JCPOA, which is a deal, it's like a Iran nuclear deal, stands for Ooh. Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action. Like, what boring oh. words, <laughs> you know? Like, oh, my crazy. God. Anyway. And they, they know it's boring. That's why they put it into the yeah, letter. but then you're like, mm, the JCPOA, I know what I'm talking about. Yes, yeah, stunning. <laughs> Make it so all important. of a sudden. Yeah, so the UNFCC, thank cool. you. Yep. Um was this framework that they basically put together at this Rio event with mm -hmm. the goal to kind of raise awareness of like climate issues yep. um, because this was kind of the point where climate change was starting to become something that scientists were really starting to talk about and really mm. realising this was an issue. Yeah. Um, and this was obviously also just at the end of the Cold War. So people were starting to get better at talking to each other and doing okay. these big kind of UNE kind of things again. Cool. So as a part of this Rio summit, all yep. the parties to this framework um, which is why it's a conference of the parties, basically yep. agreed to establish regular annual meetings to work towards this mission of just like not killing the planet through greenhouse okay. gas emissions. Cool. So parties, they have a conference every year. Yep. Simple, incredible. Awesome, awesome. The first one was then held in 1995 in Berlin and they've continued every year since. Okay, cool. Uh, question, I don't know if you know the answer to this. What did they do during COVID lockdown? Did they just not have them? 
they oh my gosh this is a great question well there was Sorry, i'm really year. coming I'm, in with the hard yeah. questions aren't i i'll have to fact check i believe I they had it i think okay. it was held i cool. presume it might have. oh my gosh i'm we're gonna have to we'll put a little fact check in here um yeah no it's i'm fine. gonna say confidently it was some kind of virtual situation yeah um cool we'll, we'll get talk better in the part two of the yeah. episode <laughs> we're yeah. professionals here yeah, yeah, yeah. um cool. <laughs> seconds just thrown out random shit Anyway, so many thoughts in my mind (laughs) and I'm happy to try and help. So what have these cops actually done? So I thought we'd just run through some of the big things that you might've already heard about, but just kind of explain exactly what they mean. Cause I think we hear some of these words and we're like, yeah, got it. I didn't know a whole lot of this stuff. I sat down and really dug into it. So the first cop that really made a big splash was cop three, which is in Kyoto. And you probably heard about it because it was, they had what was called the Kyoto Protocol. And that was a big agreement at the end to reduce greenhouse emissions by 5.2% below 1990 levels by between 2008 and 2012. Now, there was a few things with this sort of protocol agreement Mm -hmm. that are sort of important to call out right now. The first thing was that it was just for developed countries. So it didn't Mm -hmm. include every country in the world. It just included a whole bunch of developed countries. And this kind of created some tensions because basically developed countries were like, "Mm, why should we do everything? I mean, we can create some great arguments why they should. (laughs) But I think there's a feeling that everyone wasn't doing stuff. I can picture like Probably the US being like, why do I have to take responsibility why me? for this? Yeah, I know. Exactly. I only created 90% <laughs> of this problem. It's not 90, but it's a lot. Yeah, um, yeah classic. Mm-hmm. So that was the first kind of issue. Yeah. Um, the other thing was that it was a very specific amount. You had to reduce by 5.2%, mm. um, which sort of set out exactly how much you had to reduce by, by what time. Every country had a slightly different amount they had to um, reduce mm-hmm the amount by. And therefore, one of the issues it created was that in order for these legally binding treaties to actually sort of work, every country has to go away. They go to this conference, they agree on something, Mm -hmm. and they have to take that bit back to their home country and they have to ratify it. And ratify is basically just a fancy word that means get it approved by their own government. Okay. Now, in some countries, that's pretty easy. In Australia, if, you know, usually if we have a government that's in power, they'll agree to, you know, they can pass things through the House of Representatives and the Senate yep. relatively easily. Yep. Although we actually refused initially to ratify this because Interesting. Um, the government at the time, good old Johnny Howard, was not super into climate action. And we'll get back to what awesome. we kind of did in Kyoto in a second. Okay. But the US actually refused to ratify, never ratified, and eventually oh, pulled out of the thing. So we're talking, you don't have a whole bunch of developing countries, but you also oh. don't have the US. So Whoa, that doesn't really inspire much like, like effort, you know what <laughs> Just I mean? success in general. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. not looking great. Okay. So that was in 1997. That was the sort of first big landmark climate agreement in Kyoto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we sort of had this big, long 18-year period where we had lots of promising discussions, but we didn't okay. really get anywhere. Probably the okay. biggest example of this was in Copenhagen, which was in 2009. And yeah. this was one where there was a lot of pressure to negotiate a new agreement that would sort of replace the Kyoto Protocol because by this point it was really clear that the Kyoto Protocol had a bunch of these issues. Okay. But this kind of almost... I guess kind of by that point as well, emissions would have continued going up. So they're like, okay, yeah. we need we need like new uh, the scientists. Exactly. The scientists have gone from being like, hey, guys, might be an issue to like, oh, this is it, guys, like, (laughs) sort your fucking shit out. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. The stress levels. Yeah, they're high. 
Yes. So we're like 2009. We've got to get something done. We send Kevin 07. You know, he's over there. He's like, Heavy. okay, we'll get again. We'll get back to Australia and all of this in a second. Yeah. The Copenhagen one almost completely fell apart. And there's actually a really dramatic final scene that oh, I think whoa. I read this in Obama's book, but I've heard it a couple of other places. Yeah. Basically, everyone's trying to agree on some stuff and they can't find the leaders from Brazil, India, South Africa, and China. And they basically figure out that these leaders are having their own meeting, literally just in another room in this conference center. And Obama like goes up there and I think it's him and Hillary Clinton and someone else. And he literally bursts into this thing. And there's like, you know, the Chinese security guards are trying to like grab the presidential aides out of the way. And Obama just like walks in and he's like, okay, like now the real meeting can start Um, or something along those lines. It's actually, it's pretty baller. Um, Oh my God. It was pretty great. I can just like picture that playing out. You know that um what's that new newish movie about climate change? It was on Netflix. Um, uh, um Don't Look Up. Yes, I that, yeah. that's, I'm picturing a scene out of Don't Look Up. Absolutely. Well, I think all it's reports, like dramatic. It, quite dramatic. Like yeah. not what you think, you know. I think you think of the UN, you think of conferences, you think mm. pretty boring. You know, people sitting around speaking when they're told. This was yeah. like people bursting yeah. into rooms, wow. dramatic shit. And okay. at the end of this, they basically managed to kind of have a little bit of an agreement that they sort of bashed out in this room between these sort of five countries. So the four that were hiding plus the U S and that kind of discussion sort of started to set the sort of framework for what would then become the Paris agreement. Okay, cool. Which then brings us to Paris, to Paris, which I'm sure everyone has probably heard about. So it is like, I guess the, the most commonly talked about one and like meeting Paris agreements and like Paris Paris targets. Exactly. So this was a big and very important cop because we got the Paris agreement out of it. Now we talked about some of the issues with the Kyoto protocol. Here is some of the ways that the Paris agreement is a bit different and how it sort of fixes some of those issues. Yeah. So, you know, how I said Kyoto basically required all these countries to commit to a 5.2% emissions reduction, like a very specific amount. This is your emissions. This is where they need to be. Yes. Paris, on the other hand, the thing that people had to agree to was to limit warning to 1.5, limit warming to 1.5 degrees above pre-industrial levels. So rather than saying here's the specific short-term goal, it said here's Mm. the big long-term goal. And people then had to basically agree within that that to set their own goals and that they had to agree that every five years they would make those goals more ambitious in what's kind of called the Uh, the ratchet mechanism. You might've heard of that one before. Yes, yes, yes. Cool. Okay. So basically that means that, you know, they started with saying, okay, you know, in 2015, they're saying we're going to commit to a 30% emissions cut by 2030. And then when it gets to the next five-year cycle, which was supposed to be last year in Glasgow, all the countries were then supposed to say, oh, we said we were going to get 30% reduction, but now we're going to get 45% reduction Mm, by 2030. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 definitely. I I guess they're hoping that within that five-year period, these countries will go away, they'll be implementing new systems, creating new policies, um, like, in like including new infrastructure that works towards beating those targets so that by the next cop the next five years comes around we're ready to like increase um exactly. the commitment yeah yeah okay. and a lot of that technology and things you yeah, know exactly you don't know how well things are going to scale the time but you can kind of mm. be like oh like, this went better than expected now we can aim higher yeah okay um the other thing that was really important about paris was that it wasn't just developed nations it was all countries in the world were part, or all countries are part of this, are part of the Paris Agreement. Um, yeah. You may have recalled um, there was a moment where Donald Trump did pull out of it. That yes. was a bit of a dramatic moment. Yeah, um, of but course. 
the US oh, was in. with the US, isn't there? Oh my gosh, they are just, they're just a friend <laughs> in the friendship group that is just always starting some shit. Like uh, you're just drama, like, can you drama, please drama. just go to therapy <laughs> you down a and like take a minute for yourself <laughs> and then come back when you're ready. Yeah, yeah. that's the vibe we get. Okay. <laughs> so that brings us finally to recent cops. Um, yes. And last year in Glasgow was the mm. first year um, where countries are supposed to come and be like, hey, like, this is how much I, you know, can increase my ambition. Yes. Problem was um, people hadn't really done their homework. They hadn't got everything up to scratch. And so the pledges still only added up to 2.4 degrees of warming when the Paris Agreement says yeah. that they have to basically add up to closer to 1.5. Yeah, well. So as part of the agreement, instead of waiting another five years for then people to increase their sort of targets, yeah. um, they said that they'll have to try and increase them again at this year's COP in COP 27. Yeah. Interesting. Like you think that while we were stuck in COVID lockdowns for a few years. We could have done and- something. And they saw the insanely, like, insane dramatic reduction of emissions when we weren't doing anything, basically. Like, they would have had that time to go, okay, like, what can we do to try and keep it around, like, as low as possible when we, like, inevitably the world will start gearing back up. Yeah. No, I guess that didn't happen. You know, we need a gas, a gas-fired recovery. That's what we were chatting about down here. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 Okay. (laughs) <laughs> so that brings us to very conveniently, what the hell's Australia been up to? Have a yes. guess. What do you rec- what do you think our vibe is at cops? Do you think people love us? Do you think we're like the golden child? Uh, I think that uh in recent years, I would say the last 10 that we have had um a coalition government. Uh we probably haven't been the fan favorites at COP just because we haven't really been invested in climate action. Mm. Is that correct? That is correct. And you can actually go a lot further back than just the okay. recent coalition government. We have been the devil child of cops pretty much since the beginning. Um, and again, we're Whoa. talking the 90s. We're sending, you know, John Howard and co. Yeah. Um, well, towards the end of that um, yep. over to these things, not famously super invested again <laughs> in the idea of climate change and in trying to take meaningful action. So yeah. jumping okay. back in time again to Kyoto. Remember, yes. we had to try it. The whole thing was a 5.2% emissions reduction. Yes. Australia actually managed. So I think I mentioned every country had a slightly different target. So some countries were cutting by 10%, some were cutting by 2%. Do you yeah. want to have a guess at how much we were supposed to cut by under the Kyoto Protocol? Oh, uh, like stab in the dark here, uh, 15%. Is that really we, random? That, that's fine. Okay. We actually managed to negotiate that we would have an 8% increase. So while all these other countries had to cut their emissions in order for the whole group to get to 5.2%, we were like, actually, you know what? We would like an 8% increase. We would like to be able to continue, um, you know, living our best lives. Um, We will be having an increase. And somehow that was able to be negotiated in. Okay. So that was step one. how, how, How did that happen? To be fair, I'm not 100% sure how the actual 8% ended up on the negotiating table. Um, But there was something else we did that was also very, very sneaky of us. So you might have heard this whole thing about like we've already cut emissions by this percent and then another group of people being like, no, no, you haven't. Mm -hmm. A lot of that comes back to this whole thing around land clearing. Okay. So basically, to break it down, trees capture and store CO2. Yes. We love them. They're great. That's what they do. 
Yeah. So basically Australia argued that if you cut down trees, you're creating emissions, which you are, but sort of like you're then not storing emissions is the way of saying it. Yeah. So essentially it's saying if one year you cut down a hundred trees, that's Mm -hmm. a hundred emissions. The next year you cut down 30 trees, that's 30 emissions. Yeah. Okay. And therefore you've reduced your emissions, but you've actually still emitted in both circumstances. Yeah. It's kind of, it's just to do with like the total number of trees you decide to cut down yeah so basically we introduced laws in the early 90s that were actually going to reduce deforestation anyway it was unrelated to climate it was just a thing we were doing okay we'd already committed to essentially these emissions reductions aka trees Mm. that were going to be cleared that weren't cleared because if you're saying 30 trees it's the 70 trees that you were going to cut down but you decided not to that's the emissions reduction okay it sounds like the most convenient loophole of like my entire life (laughs) it's a great loophole so basically what happened is we created this loophole for ourselves even though we also gave ourselves this eight percent increase Mm. so that as soon as it kind of the whole thing started we were like yep sweet here's all this like land clearing we were gonna do but now we're not doing it and so we've actually cut our emissions yeah a whole lot already gotcha and so that kind of gave us this initial chunk which was really nothing to do with us trying to change our energy systems nothing about us trying to build a more sustainable society it was just about trees and yeah land clearing policy, yeah and it, which, it's kind of like a get off scotch free card like we don't have to make any significant changes for a little while because we've got this like positive eight percent that we can continue to exactly admit. we're yeah. just like whatever we yeah. went to this conference we're ignoring it we are yeah. moving on with our lives awesome. so john howard as i mentioned before he refused to ratify the kyoto protocol anyway so that means not he refused hot. to sort of pass it not hot at all not, not hot hot <laughs> kevin 07 comes in yes um he does ratify the kyoto agreement finally um hot. and then he tries really hard in <laughs> copenhagen to make things that's not things i want to think about um he tried really hard in copenhagen um to actually make some things happening. There was some really great reporting um, from The Guardian. I'll try okay. to dig back and find it last year. There was a series on COP that talked a lot about um, what kind of happened in this sort of like Rudd cool. Gillard um, era. And yep. Julia Gillard in 2010 did agree to improve our emissions reduction goals. Yep. Um, but a lot of this was going to be achieved by carryover credits, which is another gotcha. thing that you maybe have heard about. Mm, have you heard bit. about carryover credits a in the context? A little bit. But Do you want to have you- a stab at what, what the deal is? Uh, I mean, does it still relate to this like land clearing sort of situation or is it completely unrelated? It's more so that, so like, let's say you set yourself a goal of doing one hour of work in one day. Incredible. Big goal. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty easy. That's like an easy goal. And in the end you end up doing two hours of work and you're like, how good is that? I did two hours. Yeah. Then the next day your boss sends you some stuff and he's like, you need to do two hours of work. And you're like, well, actually I did an extra hour of work yesterday. So I'm only going to do one hour of work today. I'm going to use that hour I did yesterday. The problem is the boss has kind of given you new work anyway. So he's like, I don't really give a shit Uh, what you did yesterday. That's sort of what we did. We said we've, um, we didn't emit in the past. So we're going to count that towards letting us emit sort of in the future in terms of our emissions reduction goals. Like another incredibly convenient loophole. (laughs) Another one, exactly. Okay, and there's like there's a bit of a theme here. (laughs) We love a loophole. Uh The carryover credits we've now finally, I think, let them go. Scott Morrison did sort of. He was basically going to be like, "Well, we overachieved on our last goal, so now we don't have to set as big a goal." But then everyone in the world was just like, "Absolutely not." Um, So I think we're finally moving away from those. But that's been a whole drama. Cool. Finally, we get to 2015, the big Paris year. We send. 
another famously passionate climate activist, Tony Abbott, over <laughs> to Paris. Yes. This is one thing we know about that man. He loves progressive causes um, and climate action, which isn't progressive. It's just science. Yes, um, exactly. So I he's, heard that we're joking. <laughs> I want to make it very clear. That was a joke. Yeah. So yeah. he committed to, and we committed to 26 to 28% um, emissions reductions by 2030 based on 2005 levels, which was just not very good. So Europe yeah. at the same time had committed 40%. To be fair, the US was having like a little bit of a temper tantrum as well. Yeah. Um, even though at the time it was Obama, but they have all their, again, they've got yes. issues. They've got some things to sort down. Yeah. Sort out. Okay. Finally. So now we're back at, um, now we are back at last year. Um, yeah, and this was the whole first year. We were supposed to ratchet up. Do you remember yeah. what emissions reduction target Scott Morrison took to that conference? Uh, am I? Uh, didn't they, like it didn't increase at all? Did it stay around like that twenty six to twenty eight percent? It was twenty seven. Gold star. Was it was exactly the same. It was twenty six to twenty eight percent. It was yeah, yeah. no change. Yeah. He did not understand the assignment. No. Um, he basically tried to go and say, hey, we've now committed to net zero by 2050, which was something that happened last year. You might remember there was a whole yes. deal with the nationals. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But basically everyone else by that point was like, yeah, cool, whatever. We already, yeah. We're already done with the 2050 net zero thing. We just assumed yeah, exactly. he's doing that. So yeah, like that. Come on. Come on, Scotty. Exactly. <laughs> and that then brings up to this year. And we have talked for quite a while already. Have. I have talked for quite a while already. Yeah, so are you tired? Are going, <laughs> I am never tired of talking. I could do this forever. Ask yep, all yep, my yep. friends who are so sick of this. That's why we created this podcast. We've taken my exactly. hear our own voices. Um, but we are going to come back with a second episode that is going to break yes. down everything you need to know about the COP27 that is just finishing up yes. as we speak, give you all Love the hot goss, um, and hopefully some slight, like some mixed news about Australia's yeah. performance there. Okay. So we'll um, be back with that later this week, next week. We'll, we'll see what whenever it appears next in your pod feed. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you so much for the history lesson. I loved it. And I'm very excited to hear what is actually, well, what's come about from COP27. Chat to you soon. Bye. Bye.